Welcome to the Carbs and Coffee Strength and Nutrition Podcast. We're here to teach women how to take up space in the gym and understand health and fitness with evidence-based practices. I'm your host, Amanda Cooper, and I own Ambitious Coaching, where we help busy women learn to lift and lose weight without giving up the foods they love. Today, I want to take the opportunity to dive into why it is I do what I do and how I ultimately got here. So I think this really starts in middle school, high school. I was not the sporty kid. I did equestrian team. I had horses. I was fairly active, but I didn't really participate in a lot of sports. And I really struggled with a couple different eating disorders through middle school and through high school for various reasons. I think there were a few things that contributed. My family has some health issues that changed a lot of my parents' behaviors and ideas around food, and that really influenced how I viewed food and viewed exercise. And to no fault of their own, I had honestly a great childhood. I don't think I could have asked for more love, support, encouragement. And these were just the cards that we were dealt. So we probably tried every diet in the book. Low carb, keto, all organic, no gluten. Like we tried it all. And because some of my family members had diabetes. Anytime my parents being the first responders that they are in the medical field, anytime I did not feel well, they checked my blood sugar. And so I really think this influenced a lot of my fear around food. And I had a massive fear that I would develop diabetes and that I would have a lot of these health issues that some of my family members did. So I had a lot of fear in my mind around food, around my body. I didn't really have a lot of trust in myself, in my own body. I didn't know how to nourish my body correctly. So I think a lot of that really surfaced in middle school and high school. And I was (laughs) bottom of the totem pole. However you want to word it, I was definitely not the popular kid in school. And That didn't really bother me, but I started to become very aware of my body when I was interested in boys. Like I wanted attention from boys. So both of those things heavily influenced my relationship with my body and with food because I had these fears of developing a disease and that nobody would ever love me. And so many things that influence this binge, restrict, purge cycle. And I, like there were periods of time where I would not eat in front of other people. And so I struggled with a lot of these things and nobody really knew what was going on. Then I got into fitness and Honestly, that was probably the thing that saved me. I got into working out. I think one of two things saved me. (laughs) One, my faith was a huge contributor to where I am today. But the gym also 
heavily, heavily influenced the changes that I made. I got into working out. I started learning about macros and nutrition and how to change my body. And it was incredible. It tore down a lot of mental barriers that I had put up around food and exercise. So it was really a freeing experience to feel like I can eat food. And then college was the first time that I decided to pay for a coach. And I was so surprised by the amount of food they told me to eat. And like looking back now, it really wasn't that much. And I had told them that my goal was to lose body fat. I wanted to get toned. I wanted to change my body. I wanted to be a smaller human. And they prescribed me 1,800 calories and 130 grams of protein, which felt like so much food. Really, it wasn't a lot, but it felt like so much food. And I think this really got me into the If It Fits Your Macros community, which opened up so many doors and broke down so many mental barriers for me because I was still living with all of these food rules and good food and bad food and these things that really perpetuated a disordered relationship with food. And so this was so freeing to be like, it fits my macros. I just have to hit my protein goal. I just have to hit my calorie goal. And I could include so many foods that I was restricting myself from because I knew they would either quote unquote make me unhealthy or I would overeat them. And so between this and between lifting, I was going to the gym five days a week at 5 a.m. for at least an hour exercising because I thought that that was going to make the biggest difference for me. I had to train five, six days a week, especially if I was eating this much food. And it did change my body. Don't get me wrong. It did. But that was not something that I could do sustainably, especially through college. So then I went on. I got my business management marketing degree. I explored so many options through college. I was working as a vet assistant, a veterinarian assistant during college. I thought I would go that direction. I thought I'd try out nursing. I looked at so many different avenues and I ended up going to the counselor at the college and saying, what is the fastest way for me to get out of here? I was so over school. I said, what At this point, because I had been taking college classes since I was in seventh grade at this point, so I had accumulated a lot of college credits. I was like, I need to know what the majority of these will help me get, like what degree can I get with these the fastest? (laughs) I literally just wanted to stop taking classes. I was so over it. And so my best route at that point, I had the most prerequisites to get my business management and marketing degree. And so that was the direction I went. I was like, that is a great universal option. I can use it no matter what I end up deciding. And I can come back and use those credits later if I finally figure out what it is that I want to do. 
And so finally, I got through college and I got a job at a clinic gym hybrid. So I was working as a chiropractic assistant. I actually applied to be their their front desk receptionist at a neighboring town. So about 20 to 30 minutes from the town that I'm in. So it's going to be a long commute. I was not really much of a fan of being a receptionist, but I wanted a nine to five. I was like, I want Saturdays and Sundays off. So this is the most decent paying job I can find that gives me those hours, even though it's a 20 to 30 minute commute. So that's what I applied for. They ended up calling me being like, yeah, you don't really qualify to be a receptionist. Though, you know, I was one of the better candidates that had applied. They were like, here's the thing. We need an assistant, a chiropractic assistant. Would you be open to doing that? And I was like, heck yeah. So I ended up working for this clinic gym hybrid, which is essentially a chiropractic clinic that has an attached gym for continued rehab and personal training. So I started there as a chiropractic assistant and I told them, you know, I want to get into coaching people. Like if I were to do any additional schooling or education, which at this point I was completely burnt out on, I would want to be a personal trainer. And I didn't know what the requirements were to do that. So I told them, you know, this is something that I would eventually like to do. And they said that, great, that's something we can eventually help you with. Once you get really good at being a chiropractic assistant and you master those skills. And not long after I was working there as a chiropractic assistant, their head female trainer left. So I was like, you know, now's a great time to get my training certification. So I did. And I ended up filling that position. So I was working both as a chiropractic assistant and a trainer. And it was really an incredible opportunity because I had the experience in the clinic setting and I was doing a lot of rehab style exercises, working with people with various injuries and pain. And that heavily translated into what I was doing in the gym. So the doctors that I had worked for, it was really cool. They had seen a gap in the industry between people that were getting injured, doing rehab, and then going back to what they were doing before. So whether they were an athlete or a bodybuilder, a crossfitter, a youth athlete, or just an everyday carpenter, whatever. There was this gap between doing rehab with the doctor and with the chiropractic assistant and then going back to the sport or the job or whatever it was that was initially injuring them. So the gym was an opportunity to bridge that gap. So we were able to take people from being from doing rehab to being more resilient and being able to return to those things. And, you know, we not only did this continuation of rehab, we were also able to work with people with various goals. So postpartum women, menopausal women, men in their 60s, there was a lot of variation in the people that I got to work with, which was fantastic. And I really enjoyed it. 
But then I started to see a gap in the people that were coming to us that had these weight loss specific goals. Even if they, you know, wanted to be more resilient and wanted to improve their strength and resiliency and all of these things, a lot of times their primary goal was still weight loss. And we were primarily focused on functional training. That was going to get them to just be better humans. That was our goal. And be able to return to what they were doing in return to their life and their sport without needing frequent chiropractic care. So there was really this gap in nutrition support for people. And so we couldn't really serve those that wanted to lose weight. And like I said, a lot of people that came to us wanted to change their body composition. And they're wanting to lose weight, increase muscle mass, get quote unquote toned. And we weren't really able to give them that support because we functioned as personal trainers, strength coaches. And so that was something that I wanted to bridge. So I went out, I got my first nutrition coaching certification, which was Precision Nutrition, which is an amazing certification. I now have like three or four nutrition certifications because I thoroughly enjoy learning. And I realized there wasn't a lot of opportunity for me to implement these things that I had learned in this setting. And they had made some management choices that I didn't necessarily agree with. And so I moved on from that chiropractic clinic as much as I enjoyed what I did. And I moved on to primarily work with women because that's who I really enjoy serving and helping. And it helps that I am a woman. So I started my own business working with women, both in person and online. And at this time, I was primarily working with them in person. And now I work with the majority of my clients or women online. And it's honestly been such an incredible transition because I had such a fixed mindset around online coaching. Like I thought that the job that I was doing was very specific that you could only do it in person. Like there was no way to translate the quality and the value of what I was doing in person online. So I paid for my first business mentorship course and I was seeing more and more coaches working with people online. And I thought there was no way you could make that happen in a way that was effective. And there are so many things that we do in a personalized way that it seemed nearly impossible. Like I literally looked down on coaches that worked with people online because I had such a fixed mindset on what you could do online in a way that was effective and actually added value to people. And I was so wrong, so wrong. And I am learning more and more to just enjoy when I am proved wrong. And I'm not afraid to admit it when I am wrong. And I was so wrong. I started to learn from other coaches how they were doing things. And now I have a business coach, which has been a game changer. Because let me just tell you, coaches need coaches too. And it really helped me overcome a lot of those barriers. And I'm so glad that I did because probably 90% of my clients work with me online. 
I have very minimal in-person, face-to-face clients. And honestly, my online or remote clients tend to have more long-term success than the people I work with in person. And I think there are quite a few different reasons why this is. I think it's partly a mindset around in-person coaching because it's very easy to say, I checked that off my list for the day, so I don't have to do anything else. Versus online coaching, you have your coach in your pocket all the time. We check in with you weekly. We touch base with you multiple times a week. There's so much interaction in what we do that it's nearly impossible to stay, to not stay accountable. But it also comes back to sustainability. What is the reality of you working with a coach in person, holding you to that level of accountability for the rest of your life? And you're not really learning like how to do this stuff on your own. And we don't want to coach you for the rest of your life. Like we love having you guys, but we don't want to coach you for the rest of your life. We want you to build skills and habits so that you can sustain the changes and the results that you are working towards and that you want. And I don't think there's anything wrong with in-person coaching. And it is great for some people. It is just not the solution that everybody needs. And don't get me wrong. I think there's value in having a coach no matter what season that you're in. But you should be looking at it as an opportunity to learn skills and build habits so that you don't necessarily need one. Like I still pay for my own workout programming because it's something that I know I don't want to spend the time doing. And it's much easier and takes much less of my time to pay somebody for my workout program. And so that simplifies the process for me. I know how to navigate my nutrition. I know how to navigate the gym. Just give me my workouts and I'm going to get it done. And that's where I'm at. And that's where I want my clients to get is be able to work out in the gym on your own and learn how to do these things on your own. Because what happens when you miss an in-person session? What happens when that coach isn't around anymore? Our goal as a company is to be the last coaches that you ever have to hire because we want you to build those things that are going to sustain whatever changes, habits, goals that you are trying to achieve. And for our clients, that's going to be primarily weight loss. And the biggest issue with weight loss is not the process of losing weight. It is people's ability to keep it off. And we want to teach you sustainable things so that you can keep it off. And you don't have to keep paying for new things to help you lose weight. And you know, we also want to teach you how to take up space in the gym. That's a huge part of our program. And I am a huge advocate for women learning to take up space in the gym because quite frankly, it can be a very intimidating place, especially for women. And I don't think it should be, but that's a lot of what we teach women is how to navigate the gym. And just having that support and that accountability, that one-on-one connection has helped so many women overcome gym intimidation. And don't get me wrong, we also work with people that want to train at home. We meet people wherever they're at. You know, that's exactly our goal is to meet you where you are and build a plan that works for you and is sustainable for you. So 
Whether you have tracked macros or calories or not, we are going to meet you wherever you're at in terms of your nutrition, your workouts, whether you've ever touched a dumbbell or a barbell, we will build a program that works for you and allows you to make sustainable progress and make the changes that you want to see. This has been a much longer winded version of what I had planned on saying. And I really just wanted to give you guys some backstory on where I come from, what I do, what my background is. So, you know, I started on the training side of things and that helped me develop a lot of skills that transferred over to what I do now because I worked with people in person. You know, I can see a lot of things online that coaches that have only worked with people online can't see. And I know this because I talk to a lot of coaches and I have assistant coaches and I think it really needs to be a general prerequisite for coaches is coach people in person before coaching people online. And I don't say that to make it sound like I'm a superior coach because of that. I just know I would not be able to do my job like I do, like be able to do my clients form checks or evaluate their assessments or even communicate with them in the way that I do if I did not work with people in person first. Just interrupting real quick to let you know that we are giving away 12 months of coaching to kick off the new year. If this is something you're interested in, find me on Instagram at ambitious coaching and message me scholarship and I will get you all of the information. I really think that set me up for a lot of success in terms of what I do now. And I love online coaching. And I recently asked my clients for some feedback on, you know, what would you tell someone that wasn't sure that online coaching was a good fit for them? And someone that felt like they needed that in-person accountability. And I want to share what a couple of them said, just because I thought it was awesome. And they came from completely different perspectives than I had even considered. Lindsay shared, you don't have to schedule an appointment with a trainer. It can literally fit your schedule and you can change when you do your workout on a whim if needed. I came from a gym working with a personal trainer. And of course, you have to schedule appointments. If I ran late with work, I missed and there were no openings that week. So I just missed a day. Or if I got out of work early, I would have to waste time until my appointment. No waste of time with remote training. That's just awesome to me. And Shannon shared, the whole reason I love this platform is I don't have to see Amanda every day. I mean, in person, because then I'd be doing it for her every morning when I just want to sit on the couch for an extra 20 minutes. I'm the only one who can get me going. That's changing behaviors. I also talk to Amanda more than I talk to any of my close friends. That's very true. (laughs) It's just really awesome to see how effective online coaching can actually be. And I don't want it to sound like I'm trying to convince everybody that online coaching is a way to go, but there is so much opportunity and it's so effective. I've seen the difference between people that I work with in person and online. And if you ever have questions about how it works, don't ever be afraid to reach out to me or any of my assistant coaches we are more than happy to talk to you about what it looks like. And we're not going to sell you on anything. If you just have questions, 
You want to figure out if it's a good fit for you. Don't ever be afraid to reach out. I want to bring it full circle between the experience I gained through my own eating disorders, the experience I gained working in a chiropractic setting. It has all really bloomed into an incredible coaching program that I get to run. And we not only teach women to take up space in the gym, but we also help them minimize joint pain and need their chiropractor less and feel confident lifting weights and change their body and learn to be confident in their choices around nutrition and training and how to navigate nutrition without feeling restricted or without feeling guilty for eating certain foods. We teach them to balance their nutrition. We teach them educated nutrition so they can sustain these things for life because it's something we should be doing for life. And if we don't have the tools to do that, we're going to have a lot of problems down the road. And it sounds harsh, but it's one of those things that if we don't pay for it now, we're going to pay for it even more so later. If we're not investing the time, money, energy into bettering our health, improving our nutrition, and improving our lifestyle, we're going to pay for it later. Whether that's in terms of chiropractic care or medical care of any kind, if we don't take initiative and put those tools in place that we can now, it's going to get pricey later. And I really just want to tie this in with a question that I get asked frequently And that's, how do I stay motivated? (laughs) The reality is I don't. And motivation is important, but I know why I do what I do. That is the most important key to motivation is understanding why you want to choose healthier choices. And it has to be for yourself. It can't be for anyone else. It can't be to look good for anyone else. It's got to be completely for you. I wake up and I choose what I choose and it's like brushing my teeth. I don't always want to brush my teeth. Like I'm not gonna lie. It takes extra time out of my day and I really hate inefficiency. Anybody that knows me knows I hate anything inefficient, but I do it anyway because I value and appreciate the outcome and that it's saving me from extra expenses later and it's keeping me from an outcome I don't want. And I think that's the approach we all need to take to our health, our fitness, and our nutrition. You have to understand why you're doing this. Why do you want to improve your health? Why do you want to change your body composition? When you really understand your deep, intrinsic motivation to change, nothing can stop you. And that's a wrap. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And feel free to share this with a friend or take a screenshot and share it on Instagram and tag me at Ambitious Coaching. For more information about all it is we do, please visit ambitiouscoaching.com. Talk at you next week.